Let's go to the Lord in prayer here this morning. Heavenly Father, we are just so grateful to be able to be be together here and uh, thankful that we can come to you because of your Son, Jesus Christ. We can come into your presence. We have the privilege of prayer that because because Christ has died for our sins uh, and we are seen uh, through him, we can come into your presence uh, confident um, that you receive us and that we can tell you uh, our requests, we can, we, can, uh, we can tell you what's on our heart, and you just welcome that. So we are so grateful for the privilege of prayer. And Lord, we just, uh, through that access that we have to you in prayer, we want to lift up people in our church family uh, who are just uh, struggling right now, um, maybe emotionally, maybe spiritually, having a hard time, Lord, we just pray that your Spirit would strengthen them, would help them heal them where they need to be healed, whether it's emotionally or physically. Some are battling disease, and, um, and Lord, we just pray, God, for healing of their minds and their hearts and, and their bodies. And Lord, we just pray, too, that you would help us to be sensitive to your Spirit's leading and how we might be able to practically help one another, serve one another, um, lift up one another in this time, Lord. So we want to pray that you would help us now just be dialed into what you have for us this morning in your word. Lord, let this be the best meal of the day, spiritually speaking, God. We just want to ask that you would speak to our hearts, and Lord, I pray that you would fill me up with your spirit, uh, that I might do your will this morning. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are um, talking about prayer this morning, and Jesus is teaching on prayer in Luke chapter 11. And so um, what's interesting is if, if some of you, uh, how many people grew up in a, in a tradition, a religious tradition that, that said the Lord's Prayer, like in service? Yeah, a lot of people and a lot of people, maybe if you did Sunday school, you maybe had to memorize it or whatever. And so, uh, so some of what we're looking at today is, is, is the Lord's Prayer. And Luke, the version in Luke is somewhat abbreviated from Matthew's uh, version. I mean, the, the themes are there. And the thing I was going to say is that because I think we see that the wording is just, you know, it's the basic ideas there is that the words are not magical themselves, like saying these words don't magically make things happen. But Jesus is, is teaching his disciples uh, some of the key themes that ought to be a part of their prayer life and some of their attitudes they ought to have when they come to God. And so that's uh, what we're looking at this morning. And so, and, and actually what we're going to do is we're going to break this down into uh, a couple of parts. One is just, of course, the, the Lord's Prayer, um, what's become known as the Lord's Prayer here in verses 1 to 4, and just seeing as a, as a prayer pattern. And I don't know what comes to mind when you think of prayer uh, or in your own life, uh, but sometimes it's, I mean, for a lot of us, I think it's maybe a struggle at times. Um, it, it's not that we don't want to be spend time with God. It's just maybe that we're just don't know how to, how to come to that time of prayer. Um, and of course, the, the beauty of having a relationship with God through Jesus Christ is we can talk to Him at any time. And, and that's the, one of the things I just want to mention 
is, again, not knowing where everybody's coming from, but you need to realize that prayer is that. It's talking to God, okay? It's talking to God. In fact, um, here in this passage here, let me just read these four, first four verses in Luke 11. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And so, um, presumably talking about John the Baptist there, and, and so there must have been some sort of prayer that John taught them, and, uh, and so things being shifted now to Jesus' way, and of course, John uh, happily passing the baton on to the Lord, right, as he was pointing his ministry to the Lord here. So the, the disciples of Jesus are saying, we want to we learn how to pray. And the thing that's interesting to me is that what was Jesus just doing? Praying, right? Uh, this, is a, this is a great discipleship model, right? Jesus is modeling for us discipling others. He, he is He's talking to God the Father. He is seen regularly meeting with God the Father through prayer, and his disciples knew he was doing that, so he practiced it, but then he also taught them how to pray. And I just think that's, that's just a discipleship model we ought to do. It's like, you know, you don't just tell people to do something. You know, this is what you need to do. No, you need to model it, and yeah, you could teach it, and then maybe even help coach them along. And that's why I think, you know... Um, I learned to pray, and I'm still learning, but I learned to pray in prayer meetings, okay? And I would highly recommend that you come to prayer meetings here, not just to say so we can have more people there, but so that you can learn how to pray. And, uh, of course, there's an element of corporate prayer, which we need to see as important, where we unite together in prayer. But, But I'm just saying that, you know, if you're not if there's a, an uncomfortableness in your life about praying or uh, is I learned so much just by listening to how uh, brothers and sisters in Christ who were a little bit further along than me, how they prayed. And, that, and it always encouraged me, and it also spurred me on to want to grow uh, in my prayer life. And so, um, and it was in those prayer meetings, uh, you know, in the first couple of years of when I became a Christian that I got the guts to pray out loud. I remember that, you know. And, of course, you know, you kind of, you come to that place where you're comfortable enough with the people who are in the meeting. You know that they're not going to sit there and judge you for uh, everything and and how you might sputter out your first verbal prayer out loud. But but I'm just saying, I I just think that we need to see our, you know, and there's there's a sense in which prayer meetings, we're being discipled how to pray. So I just encourage you. Um, you know, the second Thursday of every month, we have a prayer meeting here, um, and just come and, uh, and, and be a part of that. And that's, you know, Jesus modeling that prayer, and I think he's a, he's a good, obviously, the best uh, discipler there ever was. And so he's, he's been praying, and his disciples say, teach us, teach us how to pray. Verse 2, and he said to them, when you, and when you pray, say... And that's, this is what made me think about, you know, just reminded me that prayer is talking to God. You know, and when you pray, say. So you're talking. You're talking to God. Might be in your head, but it might be out loud. Some people actually find that praying out loud really helps them focus. I'm one of those that it does help me focus. Uh, sometimes your brain just kind of goes all over the place. 
Uh, now, you might want to be careful about where you consider praying out loud. Uh, you know, if you're in the workplace there and you start praying out loud behind your cubicle, they might wonder if you've lost your mind. But um, I'm talking about out loud, right? And so, but praying out loud can be a good thing, um, and it also can help us grow in our prayer life. But what is he teaching them to pray? Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. And so as you can see, if you're familiar with the Matthew passage there, which is in the uh, you know, parallel passage in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, this one's a little bit more, it's shortened, right? But the basics are there. And there's kind of two things I see um, in there. We see initially it's f- the prayers focused in on God, right? It kind of our desire for God. And then, and then the other part of the prayer is really focused in on our dependence on God, okay? So our desire for God and our dependence for God in this pattern for prayer. And so uh, now when you, when you first see his instructions there in verse 2, he says, he says, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. And that word Father there is uh, the word that's used is a very intimate relationship, right? And so this, this prayer is coming from the basis of a relationship that we have with God. And, and, and we know that comes through putting your faith in Jesus Christ, right? That was the whole purpose that he came, um, is that we might be saved from our sins, that we might come into a relationship with God. And, and the Bible describes that the way that happens, it says that we are adopted into the family of God. It uses that word, adoption. And so, which tells you you're not initially born into this world into the family of God, right? You have to be adopted in. And that's done through faith. We put our faith in Jesus. Uh, we're made right with God. We're forgiven. And now he is, he is our father and we are his children. And so, uh, and that theme of him being our father shows up in here later on in the prayer. But we need to see here that this, our prayer life is just, it's just an extension of our relationship with God, right? He is our father. We are his children. And so we're just talking to our heavenly father. Um, Romans 5 verses 1 and 2 says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So what I was just talking about there, how we come into a relationship with God through Jesus, is really that Romans 5.1. We've been justified by faith, and now we have peace with God, and that happens through Jesus Christ. Then in verse 2 of Romans 5, it says, through Him, meaning through Jesus, we also have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And that phrase, obtained access by faith, just reminds me of prayer, right? We, we have access to God, right? We have access to God because our, our sin is no longer in the way. Christ has paid that penalty and removed that. And we, we enjoy a fellowship with God, our relationship, and, and we have access to Him. Now, 
the ESV here using words we don't typically use, right, where it says, um, hallowed be your name, right? Hallowed is not something that we typically say. Um, I think the, what is it, the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible, CSB, um, it says it this way, may your name be honored as holy. And that's the essence. If something is hallowed, is it, 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 the idea of God's name is hallowed, and you're honoring God's name as holy. And uh, it's almost like saying, may God's greatness be known. Like we want, we want the fame of God to spread, and we want people everywhere to honor Him uh, and have and allow him to have his rightful place in their lives, right? And so that's, that's part of what that prayer is. Hallowed be your name. Just think of it this way. God, may your name be honored. So Jesus is starting off this pattern of prayer, just getting the focus on God, who he is, who it is we're approaching. We're approaching a loving father, right? He's welcoming his children to, you know, into his presence who have access to him and, and who, who want his name uh, to be made known and to people to honor him. Now, think about that. When you pray that, you know, God, I pray that your name uh, would be great amongst everyone. They would see your greatness and respond to you in a way that's appropriate as God. And I got to think about that prayer comes back to me too because I'm thinking about, am I doing that? Am I honoring God as God in my life? Is he at the center, right? Am I hallowing his name? And uh, is that my desire? Is it my desire uh, that his name would be honored in my life and how I live it, right? And so uh, the first couple of these, I think, parts of prayer kind of um, get us to be thinking about this. So now, your kingdom come is the next part of verse 2, right? You know, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Now, I think Matthew's version says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? And so, but, but the kingdom reign of God really is just, you know, it, that desire of God's uh, will be done here on earth, that his reign, his kingdom would come, that, um, that everyone everywhere would welcome the reign of God in their life, um, and so that's, that's part of this prayer. And also, I think there's probably an aspect of that where there is a desire for the Lord himself to come, come back, right? Uh, and so, so this king, your kingdom come is just, you know, also think about it. When we pray that, am I desiring his will to be done in my life? Am I desiring his kingdom to reign in my heart? Is that, is that something that I'm um, just welcoming him in and saying, you know, is my attitude, Lord, your will be done in my life. I want your will. Remember what did Jesus say? Not my will, but your will, right? Uh, so even the Son of God said that. So uh, how will be your name, your kingdom come? And then there's this transition there from talking about that to talking about things that kind of, uh, where we're expressing our dependence upon God, our dependence upon God. And that really happens here uh, in verse 3, where it says, um, give us each day our daily bread. Give us each day our daily bread. 
And I can't help but pause on that word each, each day, right? Uh, We are dependent upon God. We should be dependent on God every day to provide in all kinds of ways, right? And, And this is the thing is, and I think this is always the struggle, I think, at least for me, is that um, is to think that when, you know, especially when things are going well in your life from your perspective, when things are going smoothly, it, it's, it's easy to kind of like mentally not, not think about, well, you know, the, really, the real reason things are the way they are, regardless of how they are, is because God uh, has given you everything you need, right? And He's blessed you. And so we, we need to see that as we pray each day, you know, that he, he would uh, give us each day our daily bread, we're just simply acknowledging everything that we have comes from him. And what we need for today, he will provide, right? And, and sometimes, uh, and, and don't just think about food, but what, what you need. And I think that goes for emotionally what I need, uh, spiritually what I need, and physically what I need for that day. And I just, um, I don't have any proof of this, but when I, I think of the, when Luke says, give us each day, I, you can't help but think about in the Old Testament, the daily provision that God made for his people of manna in the wilderness, you know, and, 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 and quail and water and uh, Skip and Thomas and I were talking about this in a, a little get-together we had this last week, was that, you know, even their shoes didn't wear out, okay? This is the miraculous, you know, wandering around for 40 years in the desert. You know, I blow through a pair of my tennis shoes in a good year, you know, walking around the classroom. So, I mean, that's a, you may think that's a little thing, but that was God's provision for his people, every day they woke up, they had food. They had the water they needed. And if anybody knew what daily dependence was, it was definitely uh, the Israelites wandering in the wilderness, right? And so, so uh, may we not forget that everything that we need is going to come from God, okay? Your, the job, uh, your ability to produce wealth, that comes from God. Second uh, Chronicles tells us that, that, that our ability to produce wealth, the job, the skills that we have, all comes from God, all comes from God. So there's that dependence uh, for provision uh, of our needs, but then also just think about this where he says, forgive us our sins. Forgive us. We have daily need for repentance, right? Uh, we, because we're still, we may be Christians and and we've, our sin has been forgiven, but we still practically daily, uh, you know, we, we fall, we sin, we do things that are not uh, right, or we think thoughts that are wrong. And so um, use that prayer time as the Lord brings anything up to, to you in your mind that you need to confess to Him and take to Him. Um, acknowledge it before Him and, uh, and call it out for what it is, you know. Uh, and, and then just thank Him for the forgiveness that you have in Jesus Christ, uh, presuming you have a relationship with Jesus, right? And, and, and so, and that's important because as believers, 
um, you know, we're, we're not going to be, uh, our relationship with God is not in jeopardy when we sin now. It's just that, um, you know, our fellowship with God will not be as close, and that relationship is somewhat hindered, just like you would be as if you offended uh, your spouse or a friend, and that relationship is on the rocks, and, and not because of anything God did, but because of what we've done. And so there is that, that daily just coming to Him, and as He brings things to mind, confess it. And so, and in that same vein, right, as, as, as God has forgiven us to the nth degree, how could we withhold forgiveness from others? How could we, as forgiven people, withhold forgiveness from others? And so he says, you know, in that same vein, he says, forgive us our sins in verse 4, uh, as, as we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. That's the idea, is that people that have sinned against us. And I like the part of that song, Charlie, that that first song, Thank You, God, is it talks about that, you know, bitterness and whatever. That's that's I need to let that stuff go. You know, and that doesn't mean that people that have impacted your life in an extremely negative way it, I mean, it doesn't mean that you can't have boundaries in your life and stuff like that. But in terms of emotionally, you need to release them um, and forgive them because otherwise it's going to tear you apart. It's going to tear you apart. So I, I just encourage you, you know, use, use this as an opportunity when you're praying to say, Lord, is there someone I'm withholding forgiveness? that I, Maybe I haven't even consciously been doing it, but I've kind of like distanced myself from them, or I won't acknowledge them when I see them, uh, that kind of thing, because there's something there that you're holding against them, right? And so the Lord wants us as believers who have received the most incredible gift of forgiveness uh, that He wants us to uh, forgive those who sin against us as well. So, um, So there's there is that, dependence on God for provision for forgiveness. And also, at the end of verse 4, it says, and lead us not in temptation, right? And, of course, Matthew's version, you know, deliver us from evil, right? But the sense here is that not that God actually tempts us. We know that's not true from other places in Scripture. But the idea here is that God would protect us that when we do encounter, when we do encounter temptation, He would help us say no to ungodliness and to, to live that day in a way that's going to glorify Him by saying no. But Lord, help us, right? When evil is crouching at the door of our hearts, God, help us to respond in a godly way and come to You for help to say no. So this is... Um, I mean, you know, it's such a short, these, these four verses, in fact, well, there's only really two, verse 2, 3, and 4 that are actually the actual prayer. There's so much there that if you just kind of like sit down with the Lord and start making your way through it in, in a way I was kind of describing it, uh, you know, am I hallowing God's name? As I, am I wanting to honor His name? Lord, I pray that Your name would be lifted up here uh, in my home and and in my city, in my neighborhood, and in my state, in my country, right? And just, I mean, you're going to, people are so, they, they, we, oftentimes we think, you know, gosh, I don't think I could ever 
spend, you know, 15 minutes in prayer. By the time you get done, I think you'd, 15 minutes is like that, right? And it's not about the amount of time, but wanting to meet with our Heavenly Father, right? And, and just to see that that is, that is the thing. Is it's about, again, I started off talking about it's about our Heavenly Father. It's about our relationship with Him, right? And if you want to grow in your relationship with someone, you've got to talk to them. You really do. You have to talk to them. Uh, and so this, this is uh, important. Now, now, in verses 5 to 13, uh, we're going to see uh, here how to approach God in prayer in, in, those, in those verses 5 to 13. And now, in verses 5 to 10 specifically, we're going to see that we are to approach God in prayer knowing He's not bothered by your request. Knowing that He's not bothered by your request. I tell you, I've, I've heard this regularly by some believers, is that, you know, I just don't want to bother God with what I feel is like my little stuff, right? And so let's see what Jesus does to, to bring this up, to, to get this across. So starting in verse 5, and we'll go to verse 10 here. It says, And he said to them, Which of you has a friend uh, who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. Imagine that happening Wednesday night. I need some dinner rolls, Skip. Can I call you at midnight? Right, my friend. I've got another five family members coming over, right? So he says, and, and he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. And I cannot, some of you can relate to that. My children are with me in bed, right? <laughs> I cannot get up and give you anything. <clears throat> Verse 8, I tell you, though he will not get up and give you, give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks it will be opened. I think the point here is that, you know, God is not like the friend. <laughs> Okay, he's not like the friend. He is like we just saw here in verses 9 and 10, you know. Uh, he, he, is, he is the one that, uh, he says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. God's like, just ask me. Just come to me. Ask me. And that is how our Heavenly Father sees our relationship with him. He wants us to come to him about everything. And so, uh, you know, and, and as I think about that, um, you know, I, I can't help but think about uh, the, one of the verses on prayer that we often think about, and that's uh, Philippians chapter 4, right? Chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. And so here's what that says, if you're not familiar. So it says, um, oh, that's Ephesians. There we go. It's like that. It's not Philippians 4. All right, so uh, it says here, 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. And uh, what I'm just focusing in is, is here is in everything, in everything. Like there's nothing you can't take to God. He's not sitting there saying, why are you bothering me with this? not saying that at all. He just said, bring it on. I want to hear from you. Um, and, so, um, and so it says, uh, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And uh, I mean, there's so much there, but I'm just thinking about the everything. And the point of these verses here in verses 5 to 10 is Jesus is trying to tell his disciples, you know, when you go to God in prayer, you can go to him about anything. He's not bothered. He's not like that friend who's like, you know what? We're shut down for the night. Sorry, prayer is offline. No, that's not it. It's not going to happen. And he welcomes. He welcomes us to come into his presence and uh, just take it to him. You know, um, other other versions uh, of this um, of that of that verse there, where it talks about um, it, it uses the word boldness because of this friend's boldness, right, to ask and come there in the middle of the night, and and so it's just this shameless, in a sense, persistence because I know God just just wants me to come and ask wants me to come and ask. And so, um, so we just, we, you need to have that confidence. If you've got a relationship with God through Jesus, you're, if you're a Christian, have that confidence that God is just saying, come on, you know, ask me, talk to me, take, bring your things to me. Uh, Ephesians, excuse me, not Ephesians, Hebrews 4.16 says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. Hebrews 4.16, and let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That sounds like a prayer time to me. That sounds like a time when I'm calling out to God, right? And that I'm, I'm needing his grace. I'm needing his help. And, and I can come with confidence because he's not bothered. He's not bothered. Now, and so this is this just again reminding us that approach God in prayer, knowing He's not bothered by your request. And then this next last few verses here show us to approach God in prayer, knowing He will answer in the best way. Knowing He will answer in the best way. This is how we ought to approach God in prayer. Is not, first, not you know, knowing that He's not bothered. That he just like come on in, and and secondly, just that um, he will answer the prayer in the best way, in the best way, and so let's see what these verses tell us, um, how they teach us that. So verse eleven: What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, 
how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? And so, when you think about this, He's like, okay, think, you know, if you have um, children, or let's say, you know, if you don't have children, think about maybe you've got some nieces and nephews or somebody that you, you know, uh, you're like the second set of parents for them or something. And, and, and about this time of year, you, you, you start thinking about, you know, if you want to give, if you exchange Christmas gifts, uh, you want to give them something good. You want, you want to see them surprised and you want to see them blessed, right? And, and, and he's like, hey, you know, you and I, who are, comparison to God, evil, <laughs> if we know how to give good gifts, don't you think God knows how to give good gifts? <laughs> don't you think God knows the best way to answer your prayer, right? And, and that's just it. God can be trusted. He can be trusted uh, to give us what is good and what is best. And, you know, we, we take our request to God. We, we come before Him. We tell Him our concerns. Um, we, 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 we ask, right? I mean, James reminds us we have not because we ask not. We need to ask. Um, and then we leave it at the Lord's feet. It doesn't mean you don't keep asking. We have other passages that tell us to keep on asking. But, but, but we leave it at the Lord's feet, meaning that we trust the outcome to God. We trust the outcome to God. And, and I don't, it's not wrong to pray for a specific outcome, but we entrust that if that specific outcome does not come about and the Lord has something different, we trust that He knows best that he knows best. And so, um, and you know, what we think is best for us is not always best. What we think is best for us, is not, and, and again, parents get this from a parental standpoint, things that their kids want to see happen in their lives or what they want is not always the best thing for them. And we oftentimes have the foresight to see that, maybe because of our own experience, maybe even our own mistakes, or just know that if our kids start going down that road, they're going to drive off a metaphorical cliff, right? And we don't want to see that happen. And so, so even though and we're, we can be the same way, is that, is that we need to realize that um, we need to hold on to the outcome loosely, Right? cling wholeheartedly to the God that we're coming to, right? And so, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying don't come boldly to God and, and ask and dream big, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. But we entrust the Lord with what's going to happen. And don't you love this um, verse 13? right? If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? I find this fascinating that this is here. This was not in uh, the Matthew version, but what's the ultimate gift we could ever be given? Ultimately, really, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, right? And every believer has the Holy Spirit, the helper, the comforter, right? The one who empowers us to do what God calls us to do. I mean, that's, um, that's incredible. That's incredible. I want to take a look here in Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 
Ephesians chapter 3, and uh, starting in verse 14. You know, there's so many great prayers in the Bible, right? I mean, uh, Paul has some incredible prayers that I think, you know, you'd do well to, we'd all do well to study them and emulate the, 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 the concepts that are prayed there. And this is one of them, um, Ephesians 3, starting in verse 14. For this reason, Paul says, I bow my knees before the Father. So he's talking about his prayers. From whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you, so he's praying for the Ephesians, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Isn't that what we need as believers, as followers of Jesus? We need the power of the spirit to be activated in a sense in our lives. And so Paul's saying, I'm praying that you'll be strengthened with the power through the spirit right, in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, so that you can live through your situation by faith. And that can only happen by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. And so, um, again, every person who puts their faith in Christ and has a relationship with God has the Spirit of God, has the Spirit of God. Now, um, it's such a vital part of our daily lives. And, and again, the ultimate gift that we could ever get from our Heavenly Father is the Spirit. Now, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong, by the way, with praying that we would be filled with the Spirit and that He would empower us for what we need to do for the day. I think that we're, we're, we're actually commanded to be filled with the Spirit, right, in Ephesians 5. So that's a command. And the weird thing is it's actually a passive verb. <laughs> you know, you're commanded to do something that has to be done to you. But the thing is, is that you've you, you, you got to say, I want that. I want the Spirit of God to, to be in control of my life. I want to yield to Him. I want to, as the Spirit leads me and as... I want to yield to him, and I want him, uh, I want the spirit and not the flesh to reign in my life moment by moment. And so, um, I think we should, we should pray, probably even daily, Lord, fill me with your spirit, empower me with your spirit, um, strengthen me spiritually with your spirit, in ways maybe I don't understand how it works, but you know what I'm going to need today, and I know that I can't do it righteously and, and God honorably without your Spirit empowering me to do so. And so I just think that we need to just ask the Lord. Um, you know, and some people pray, you know, Lord, more of your Spirit. And if by that, that's what they mean, I think that's fine, right? Um, you know, we... Theologically, we know that we get all of the Spirit, but He doesn't always have all of us, right? We're not always yielded to Him. And we know, and we can see from the book of Acts, that the Spirit empowers us to do things for ministry. He empowered, uh, you know, Peter to preach that incredible sermon at Pentecost, right? And, 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 and other ways we see um, the phrase, uh, and, and it'll say like, you know, and Peter filled with the Spirit, and then they did something. 
something that can't be explained, you know, other than God was working through them, right? And and, and so I think that we should just regularly pray, Lord, um, empower me to do what you want me to do, not of my own power, but with your strength that you supply. And I, I think that Ephesians prayer is something that we should just think about for ourselves as well. So approaching God in prayer, knowing he will, he will uh, answer it in a way that's best. And then I think, you know, just tagging on to that, just praying that the Spirit would just um, be more, we'd be more yielded to Him, we'd be empowered by Him, and God would use the Spirit in our, in our lives in ways we haven't seen for His glory, for His glory. And so, um, so as we, we, we think about this model prayer, if you will, this pattern of prayer, right? Just, just, if you're not sure how to pray, just pray through the concepts that are there, right? Start off with your focus on God, right? And then you lean on Him for your, the, you know, depending upon Him for the things in your day. Um, and, and, then, and then also, you know, it's, it's kind of like a spiritual inventory, right? We, we thought we talked about your forgiveness. If there's something that we, God need, we ask him to bring to mind that we need to confess to him and, uh, or that we need to forgive someone else. And then praying for the spiritual power to say no uh, when we are tempted. And, and then those, the parable there, the story, right, of the ask, seek, and knock, uh, it's just reminding us to have that boldness that God's just welcoming. You know, maybe, maybe some of us have not had a right thinking in our prayer that, that God is like that, right? Or we're thinking that our past is, is, is hindering our prayer, right? Well, if you've, if you've confessed what it is you need to confess to God, there's nothing going to be hindering your prayer life. And then we need to trust God that He knows best, right? He's the, he knows how to give the gifts. He knows how to give the best gifts. And so we trust Him with those prayers that we're sending His way, right? All right, let's, let's go to the Lord now in prayer. Lord, we come to You and um, are just thankful that we have on record Jesus' teaching on prayer and that we, we see how He taught His disciples. And Lord, help us to to emulate that pattern of prayer in our lives. Lord, we do pray that your name would be made great. That, that ourselves and our families and where we live and those around us would honor your name, would allow you to have that rightful place in their lives. Lord, and we pray your kingdom come. We want your will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, um, we do pray your will, not our will, be done. Lord, we pray that you help us even take our desires more in alignment with what your desires are. Lord, we're so thankful that you um, provide spiritual protection for us, Lord. And Lord, you... 
you've given us everything we need for life and godliness, it says in the scriptures. And so, Lord, we pray for your protection from evil and help us to say no to unrighteousness. And and God, help us to be bold prayers who see that you are just inviting us to to take our request to you, to take our concerns to you and not be afraid or not feel something is too small, but to see you as as the God who you are, as the one who welcomes us and the one who gives good gifts, the best gifts, the best answers to prayer. Lord, help us to trust you in that way. Fill us up with your spirit, Lord, as we go out today. Empower us to do what you call us to do, Lord. Help us to rely on you, not on our own strength. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.